you know, but if you think that leadership is just a more of posture and like what kind of mentality that you embrace, then you can always be learning more. And when you take the well-being approach to leadership, like, you know, I know that your, your business is only going to be as successful as you are. You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Stories That Sell. Today, I have with me Kelsey Warren, uh, a blast from the past for me. So this is going to be fun. She is a workplace well-being and leadership coach and the chief happiness officer of the Seamless Coach LLC. But before that, as you know, I'm very passionate about work efficiency. So if you could imagine having a team of operations outsourcing professionals, helping you get massive amounts of work done from editing videos, editing all your podcast post-production, creating social media content, managing your social accounts, admin tasks, processing payments, and so much more. Uh, VAs for Gyms and Media Machine are here to make sure your productivity skyrockets while performing tasks and roles you simply don't want to do, don't want to take the time to do, or don't have the skills to do. Uh, VAs for Gyms and Media Machine offer a wide range of services that will help you run your business and save you money. Uh, you can check out the website at www.mediamachine.net or www.vasforgyms.com. That's V-A-S-G-Y-M-S.com. Depending on your interest, check them out. It's awesome. Saves me massive and massive amounts of time. Welcome to the show, Kelsey. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited you are my guest today because in all transparency, we had all sorts of technical issues and you were <laughs> a trooper just sitting there working through me with it. So thank you on that. Not that anybody cares about that, but I do. And having <laughs> someone who rolls with me and my weirdness is, um, is really nice. And uh, uh, we are, you're a blast from the past. I mean, we have some major commonalities. One, you married um, a a boy, as I see him, who, who was at a very small school that I taught at. Let's see, he was in either fifth or sixth grade in 19 or 2000. What was it like 2002, 2003? He was a student and um, I really liked him. So uh, and then I know your family. So it's, it's yeah. really cool. And I've been following you on Instagram and now TikTok and Facebook <laughs> and your content is ridiculously cool. Um, you spend obviously a lot of thought around it and you're doing some really cool coaching things. So again, welcome. I'm going to, I'm just yeah. talking and talking and talking, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's, let's hear a little bit about your life. I mean, as, as a coach. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we can do like 
the condensed version it gets lengthy <laughs> but um after i married that man, man i know him as man actually kind of boy we dated a little in high school kind of you know so right uh came back to each other but he is in the air force so that changed the trajectory of my career almost from the beginning i was at oregon state in my third year doing uh, undergrad in psychology and had to switch to online school before it was cool to do, to do that um when we got married because he was moving to north dakota so i wanted to go with him obviously did that finished up school there so i've been working in the mental health space for almost 10 years at this point um i worked in a residential psychiatric treatment facility for teen girls i was a victim advocate uh, for the air force as well for a long time got my msw so my master's in social work at the same time as i was doing that and then uh, we decided to well, the military decided to move us again to north carolina that was about four and a half years ago and i always just thought i was going to be a therapist that's kind of the track that i was on i was familiar with the mental health space you know i would always just been in kind of around like health care in general had different paths in that way but when we got here, I found it so difficult to find a job. This area is completely saturated, not only with military spouses, but there's, you know, a ton of good schools in North Carolina, like the best schools. So within an hour of us, it's just really hard to find a job here. And I was not expecting that coming out with a master's degree, that it would be so difficult to six, seven months to even get a call back for an interview. Oh, man. So... Once I finally did land a job, um, I was doing in-home clinical therapy. Not the greatest uh, work. I liked the clients, but it's, you know, it's kind of not the safest area. Uh, being in homes for up to, you know, three or four hours a session is just, it's a lot. I was on call 24-7. Uh, Chris is gone. His schedule was uh, unpredictable at that time. So I was starting to wonder, you know, if this was the direction that I wanted to go in that job, I got promoted to a clinical supervisor and I just liked that so much more. I liked the processes around it. I liked the documentation. No one else really liked the documentation, but I did. <laughs> I loved the one-on-one -on -one development that I had with the team members that I had. So, you know, providing clinical feedback to the other therapists, but also like career development and just leadership. They sent me to a ton of amazing leadership trainings. So like all, all the Covey trainings I've been to, um, and just a lot of good stuff. And I, I loved those things. So I started to kind of get this inkling that I was like moving in a different direction. And they had two tracks at that job. There was a clinical consultant, which is more, you know, you get fully licensed, you just consult for teams on a like mental health level. And they also had a regional supervisor track, which was more the leadership, the admin, the supervision of the office program management. And I kind of find myself more interested in that, which was surprising to me. At the same time, I was pregnant with um, our daughter. She's now two and a half, almost three. And the schedule was just like getting a little bit hectic, even being pregnant and being on call, like wondering how we were going to navigate that. And we don't have any friends or family members around here either being in the military. So it was a little bit of a rough time we were on a daycare list from the time i was 10 weeks pregnant and it was you know four months into her being born and we still didn't have daycare so that was a decision i kind of wasn't forced into making but all essentially kind of forced into making um 
didn't have daycare when I needed to go back. So I ended up connecting with a company that does it's out of Portland doing real estate media production and they needed someone to do relationship management for them. So I, it was a remote company. So I actually started working remotely before everyone else. Before it was, was cool. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so I, I did that. It was very flexible, kind of part time. I was able to have my daughter here. And that's when I started to really kind of step into like, first of all, like my workplace values, like I really value this autonomy. I enjoy being a here for my family on all levels. But then also working in a small business is kind of my first taste of entrepreneurship, business mm. ownership. And I loved being able to do whatever they let me do. If I had an idea about something, okay, go implement it. A lot of things in small businesses are just, you know, they have to get up and running and that's how it is. And yeah. no one ever goes back to like refine processes once they're established or you do eventually, but not at that time. So I was kind of doing that. Um, I was working on like job descriptions, more kind of like an HR role. I was also doing a bit of their like blogging and marketing and doing some liaison, liaison liaising between <laughs> their, their photographers and their leaderships team. There was a, a disconnect there a little bit. So I started really diving into kind of pulling from those leadership trainings, that, that experience that I had and finding that, you know, mental health and well-being and, and everything I learned as a therapist can really uniquely be applied into business as far as like process and program management, the macro side of social work as well as micro with the people. Mm -hmm. So that's like my first introduction into like coaching. I just kind of took on a leadership coach role in that capacity. Um, I was with them for a while. Once everything kind of was up and running very smoothly, I still contract for them, by the way, I came yeah. back to them. Awesome. But I came across a role, uh, probably familiar with Alex Sharfin, um, and I was a coach um, for him in his program for about a year as well. And I did a lot of things there. I did one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching, group coaching with the business owners that are there teaching his content, which is just amazing. The strategic planning, uh, leadership development stuff. I also did their high ticket sales. I was the member experience coordinator. And then towards the end, I started actually writing some of his content as well. So another small business, like I had my hands in a bit of everything. And at that point I was just, you know what? It's time for me to just, go out and do this on my own. In the background, I had been mentoring people in their careers since I started in the residential treatment. So oh, probably around 10 years at that point in different capacities. So that was a year ago, actually this week, last year. So this is good timing for, yeah. for this as well. So I'm okay. a year in now to doing this. Yeah, it's incredible. That's I love the variety, like the story, how it un unfolds, because I the more I talk to more people and also looking at my own story, where you start and where you end up, like I started in social work, mm -hmm. made my way to education, made my way into small business, made my way to another business. And then, you know, now I'm at this, this different place. And it's so cool to watch other people's stories unfold. But really what it sounds like, honestly, is that you kind of fell in love with being an entrepreneur, not an entrepreneur at first, but you were working your magic inside of other people's businesses where you actually had autonomy could do things that move the needle for the company, um, yes. got some processes in place. And that's really cool. And I love how you uh, leveraged your, your social work, that, that, that arm of your, your brain and just kind of made things work inside those other businesses. 
what was it like kind of stepping into the world of coaching? I mean, you, you worked for another coach, man, man, you did some incredible things there. Like I kind of look at my businesses and how people have come up and this one person will come up in it and they'll do all the things. And I also did that for another company too, about three, four mm -hmm. years ago, I came in and I was doing all those things, you know, writing content, doing the sales, doing the customer journey, being the, you know, developing all these things. It's really, really fun. But yeah. then if you're like me, you get to a point like, hmm, why am I doing this for somebody else? Yep. But what yep. was it like stepping into that coaching, that coaching role for you? Um, it was really scary. I think I was initially afraid to even leave that security of, you know, the salary. And I, I loved that team. Like they're, it's crazy that you can go to work every day and like feel so supported to just do, do whatever you want to do. So it was, it was hard, but I also had like, they kind of knew, right? Like they hire right. entre like they hire right. entrepreneurs for a reason. And so I had their blessing in doing it, which was felt a lot better. Um, we were prepared, you know, financially. So that was a huge thing that like kind of eased. We had some timelines in mind. Okay, you know, Charlotte can stay in daycare up until this point if things but I never had it in my mind that it wasn't gonna work out. I just from the the initial like I here's my resignation to starting, like I had a belief that this is what I was meant to do. There's more probably like spiritual background behind that too. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of thoughtfulness, prayer, consideration. It wasn't something that I just did. It was something that I definitely went through a process of doing that I still use today with my clients. And it was kind of a journey of well-being in my own sense. Yeah. Working there, I was just getting i was physically healthy spiritually healthy mentally healthy like the and the best place of my life that i could have been starting a business had i not been i probably wouldn't be sitting here doing it right. today so because it was it's a lot harder than it you i even you know being in the two other businesses and being around hundreds of business owners daily knew how hard it was but it still did not prepare me for actually doing it myself don't you think entrepreneurship though it, it's it's a grow or die scenario. Like you yeah. literally, everything between your ears has to be really dialed in. Yeah. Uh, your systems have to be dialed in. You, you talked about kind of doing some things to kind of bring these businesses from, we just did this and we always do it this way. And it's kind of like not great. Right. And now yeah. like you have to do that with yourself too. Yeah. So what was the yeah. hardest, that hardest part? Was it the mental game? I mean, you mentioned mental, spiritual, uh, physical, which I, you know, you've got these different pillars, which are amazing, mm -hmm. but what was the most difficult transition for you? I think, it, I mean, it was, it's the mind management. It still is. It's yeah. to this day, it still is. It's like this, you know, for the first six months, I was like still on indeed, like scrolling, like, do I need to get, do I need to get another job? Oh, yeah. Like this is taking longer than I thought, you know, and even for me knowing that, it, you know, to expect it to be slow and, you know, now a year in, like I've replaced that income, which is amazing, but it also took a long time to get there. And it kind of happened exponentially towards the lot, like in the last few months, even. So it's been like, it's a roller coaster. And I think you just, that questioning of yourself every single day. And it's lonely too. It's extremely lonely. So I found that really quickly, like not having a team that you even were working remotely that you showed up for every day is it's really, really hard. I'm just here by myself, like, you know, on a different time zone than the rest of my family even. And so I had to quickly find and 
be surrounding myself with other coaches and entrepreneurs and just like get involved in some mastermind, some coaching of my own mm. to make sure that I was secure in that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're speaking to the choir here, like seriously, like right now I have a business partner and I've had a business partner for a year, you know, over a year now. And it's phenomenal because we use, you know, we basically are the exact complement for each other. He's yeah. everything I'm not and vice versa. You know, I'm operationally minded and tactically minded and he's got big vision and big picture and decision-making skills. And, you know, you put these pieces together and I, sometimes I take that for granted because when you are working alone, every decision lives or dies by you. And mm-hmm. there's <laughs> no one will listen to you as much as you really want them to and help you make decisions. But you talked about some things that I'm very passionate about. That's having your own coach, being in your yeah. own circles and forcing that. So um, I've seen a lot of content. I want to pivot a little bit because your content really speaks to someone like me who's been in a, like in this ever-evolving journey from you know public employee, like public employee, big corporation employee, uh, entrepreneur, then entrepreneur, then entrepreneur, then entrepreneur again, and um, all this change. And you talk a lot about change. And Mm -hmm. there's a really crazy perception about there about changing careers. So I wanted to give you a little bit of a platform, uh, not just for, for people like wondering if they're doing what they're meant to be doing, but also for uh, business owners who have people in there and they're like, when you were with the coaching, they're like, they knew, you, you know, they hire entrepreneurs. So I want you to kind of speak to that. Like, what are some of the hangups? What are the same, some of the things you work with and deal with and the messages you send around that? Yeah. Yeah. I think from the employee standpoint, this, I mean, the societal pressure, right? That your career is a ladder that it has to be like one trajectory. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had someone on LinkedIn comment on one of my posts and she said, your career is like lattice. It's not a ladder. And I was like, that's, Ooh, that's good. Yeah. That's so good. I was like, I'm stealing that. So it, I mean, that's how I envision it. And, you know, instead of something that's more like ladder, lateral, it's horizontal, like it spreads far and wide. I always kind of say like really cheesy, but it's a journey, not a destination as far as change goes. And I mean, this is like very, very tangent could talk about it for hours, but especially with the changing times of right now, it's, you know, changing and moving jobs, changing careers. It's a little bit more accepted than it was in the past. And it has to be, but there's still so many people that I work with have are holding on to this guilt and the shame for either investing a ton in education that they're not using anymore or just you know their parent like disappointing their parents or their colleagues people around them leaving you know helping professions specifically teaching social work there's so much hate from the professionals that still work there that still don't love it oh you just (laughs) made my day you just made my day i would i tell this story frequently when i I was making more money doing a side hustle part-time than I, I they doubled my teaching salary. And I told the team, I'm like, I'm told other, you know, the whole teaching, I'm like, I'm leaving. I got something else. I'm, I still, I want to leave this while I love it. And that was my message. And, um, literally three teachers at different times came up to me in my face and said, you are a complete idiot. You are leaving an amazing career with, you, you know, you're, you're going to fail. They literally said, you're an idiot and you're going to fail. That hate was something else. And it's yeah. interesting to hear you say that from the social work perspective. And I'm sure you've worked with some other people too. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's a kind of a hard thing to navigate because it's like those people are also un unhappy in what Very they're unhappy. doing. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I assume that's some sort of projection, right? But it's kind of, that is, that's something, a roadblock that comes up, the guilt and the shame around it. But people don't always identify that that's what it is initially. They, you know, they use terms like, I don't want to start all over again, or they just, you know, they view a transition, whether it's lateral or, you know, even into entrepreneurship, business ownership as taking a step back when in reality, you're bringing everything that you have learned thus mm -hmm. far with you. And with that knowledge too, and a lot of people are suppressing, especially people that want to move into business ownership. I find that with myself too. They've, and I asked them, you think back, how many businesses have you actually like tried to run from the time you were a child until now? Like, right. We got into advocate and like all yeah. those things. Like, right. and so it just like, when I think about it, I'm like, okay, probably like four or five businesses before I actually started this one for real. So it's kind of a lot of people forget that, that piece of them um when they're in this journey and i just think for business owners specifically like this reinvention of self or pivoting even in in business is sometimes hard but i think it comes down to you as a person and your values your work i call them workplace values specific to the work environment and living those out if you're not living those out and you don't know what they are you're always going to feel like in misalignment i wanted to talk to you about that it was one very specific thing. Like I said, I consume your content every day. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a nerd. I, I literally see, I mean, I watch people like what they do and how it responds. I'm a little, little bit of a student of that. I'm not, I, I'm not self-professed good at it. I'm good at watching other people be good. <laughs> um, and you've done some amazing content. You've had some content go viral and, and you've even used that for content, which I, I think is amazing. But a lot of this content about workplace values, and again, what we just got done talking about, but I, I speak a lot about your values, like make every decision based on your values. I've come at it from a life perspective. And then of course we have core values in our business and every decision is based on core values. So I want you to talk about kind of your message about core or workplace values. Yeah, I think they're very similar for a lot of people. You're you have similar, you know, workplace values as you do your your overarching umbrella of values in your personal life. Some people are different at work than they are at home. Like I use the analogy when I'm at work, like I am on like I'm a totally different when I'm at home and just hanging out like I'm a potato on the couch. Like I want to do nothing. But that's not that doesn't really translate to when I'm actually working. And it's like that for a lot of people, but I think for workplace values, what I'm trying to kind of understand, and in social work, you have like person and environment approach. And when you're at work, you have those two things, but you also have your relationship with your role as a third pillar. So when you have your workplace values identified, so these could be, you know, anything from, I enjoy having humor in the coworkers that I work with. Like mm -hmm. I enjoy autonomy. I want, you know, all of these things that you could have, but it can be even as specific as your schedule and like what that looks like. So you have you and your relationship with yourself, your workplace values, your habits and routines. And then those are gonna influence how you execute your role, which you have like not as much control over as you do yourself, but still control over how you execute the actual tasks your mindset going into them. And then you have yourself and your relationship with your work environment. So that's like the workplace culture, the team relationships, what kind of boundaries you're setting there. 
in that that sense. And so your workplace values are also going to influence that kind of third layer of things. And at any one of those points, if there's a misalignment, it's going to cause this your well-being essentially to be impacted. You're going to feel like something's off, something's not right. You're going to get resentful. You're just and a lot of people can't really they have difficulty pinpointing that it's a values issue and they will put it on something outside of themselves when it should really be something that's more internal. Hey, before we get started, imagine having a team of virtual assistants helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts, and so much more. VAs for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most, serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.vasforgyms.com. That's V-A-S-F-O-R-gyms.com and book an appointment to find out more. This is so good because I'm just thinking right now of um, watching other people's business, which is another thing I, you know, I like to be a noticer and just watching what everybody's doing, but watching people and their interactions with their, as much as I can see their employees and how they perceive what's going on and how they perceive like why somebody is doing what they're doing. And you kind of hear the drama on the background this person's bringing a lot of drama or this person's really not in alignment with our, our values. And you hear all of this and watching this and then um, that type of perspective kind of getting injected with someone who is not on anybody's side is on the, on the business side. I can imagine that there's some massive breakthrough and stuff that happens when you work with a team. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about that. So you, you coach, you actually will go in and coach teams, entire teams mm-hmm. in a company. And um, what are some of the biggest takeaways or aha moments for them or things where you see that are the biggest roadblocks moving forward that you're able to kind of work through? Yeah, I think what you just said is probably the main one. You have like the company values and mission and what leadership views as like, this is the right way. This is how we have to do things. And then when you go and speak to the employees, train them, they maybe don't even know what what that mission is. They don't know what the values are. That's not often, you know, it may seem very obvious that it's plastered on the wall, but like, what's the why behind the things that you're doing that gets lost in translation so much just you know when you had to implement something new roll out a new initiative implement new documentation like not providing that why behind things and providing the strategic vision of the company to the employees that are doing the work is a huge gap that is often uh, it creates trouble because then people are just think they're doing more work to do more work and being valued by your employer in 2022 as most recent data from center of creative leadership is the number one priority of employees right now is being valued by your employer and it's also one of the things that employers don't recognize as in a, a top attribute for employees so yeah that's, there's a little bit of a disconnect yeah so you come in and you make connection you help them make those connections yeah, yeah. So I teach the employees about well being at work and how you can implement things like values and boundary setting and engagement techniques, 
how to navigate relationships, things like that on, on that level. And then on the leadership side, like going back through systems and processes and like, how are we supporting, how is the culture like matching what you want as far yeah. as what the employees are saying they need as well. Yeah, that's so good. And I would imagine that there's some massive turnaround when you take the time and effort and, um, you know, kind of like the laser focus, like take, let's get rid of revenue ideas. Let's get rid of all these other things and focus in on that. I'm sure that that has like this domino effect on everything else. So, yeah. so you, um, what's your favorite one? I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on, I'm going to put you a little bit on the chopping block here. Do you like doing the leadership training with people like business owners directly, the team? I, I mean, I'm sure you have a variety because you love it all, but yeah, like, where do you see the most change in what, what, <laughs> did I put you on the spot? <laughs> you know, that's All such a good it. question. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I would probably lean more to, and I'm doing a slight, you know, slight pivot. I used to focus primarily on career transition and I just, with an underlying theme of well being, and now it's just purely well being at work mm -hmm. with the understanding sometimes that means a career transition. So the same thing, but I, I do think that leadership training and development like is a full use of all of my skills and experience and i also see it have more of an impact because you're not only impacting the leadership team but you're impacting the whole company and i work with companies that do a really amazing things like you know outpatient behavioral health clinics and just like other things like that that they're out there doing the hard the hard stuff right, right. And so it is it's good to see that kind of trickle down across the organization versus just one on one. And I mean, I love working with people in general, so it's yeah, kind of yeah. a hard question, but kind of a dream job for you. I mean, you created yeah. it for yourself. So yes, it really, it really is. And I have kind of a conflict sometimes because I have, I'm extremely, I don't know if you're familiar with the disc assessment, but I'm a CS on the disc. I'm extremely analytical and like process based, but social work and marketing and stuff is not that a lot of the time. And so I have, kind of two uh buckets of strengths i would like try yeah, to merge cool. together in that yeah. way so it's it's been interesting to kind of like see in one direction i'm doing this the other direction i'm doing this and then i have this background stuff over here so. yeah 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 so your um your business has evolved which i like here because a lot of people um who have businesses run businesses running teams there's a lot of evolving that happens um has anybody we talked earlier about perceptions like you know you moving away from the social media mm -hmm. when you when you made this this little bit of a change from kind of like this career change direction to leadership direction uh was did you get the same thing has it impacted your business at all positively negatively um in my mind, it was going to be this huge catastrophe. <laughs> you know, really? I built this this audience of you know thousands of people at this point across all the platforms, and they're th they're used to me talking about this. But in reality, you know, especially telling my current clients, that was my biggest concern: making sure that they still felt appreciated. Like you know, people that signed up with me for one on one transition coaching, like they're still going to get that. And I just made a very like honest real statement and no one they were so happy for me like yeah. they were they were excited about it they're like we know like this is what you do right? right and so i was just like oh okay that was like my perception of it and even in doing like message mining avatar interviews like 
in the process of this pivot, I had a one-on-one -on -one client just from that that I never even knew that came from LinkedIn. And so I think it has been good so far. There's some exciting things coming soon, but this is just like the first of many because I see the Seamless Coach as a brand. I want it to be Seamless Business, Seamless Career, Seamless Finance, if I can get Chris on board with some certifications eventually. <laughs> so yeah. like just a whole kind of, you know, well-being in business undertone, a whole thing. Cool. Very cool. I want to talk about leadership, like leadership training and your one-on-one -on -one leadership, because uh, there's a little bit of an egotistical approach from a lot of entrepreneurs. Like I've read all the books. I've listened to all the podcasts. I've had coaches. I've gone through this mentoring service. I've gone through this. I don't need any more leadership training. I found that like as far from the truth as possible, because I need someone like peering into my brain mm -hmm. and really looking at hey, like, yeah, you've grown a lot, but have you noticed this like plank in your eye type of thing? I'm like, oh, yeah, let's work on that. So I want you to speak to that a little bit too. Maybe the listener is like, yeah, I don't need leadership training. I'm up to my ears in leadership. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it just depends on your definition of leadership too. And if you think that that's a role or a position or a level of income, you know, and if, if that's your thought and your mentality, then you may think that. You know, but if you think that leadership is just a more of posture and like what kind of mentality that you embrace, then you can always be learning more. And when you take the well-being approach to leadership, like, you know, I know that your your business is only going to be as successful as you are mentally and physically mm -hmm. well. And so that that piece of it is huge when working with people and i think sometimes especially on leadership teams it's like okay the business owner wants this but there's some resistance like at mid-level leadership and i'm pretty good at usually like matching matching nra's like i can be a little bit confrontational <laughs> at times that's good or just you know yeah. at, up front and just you know what you're saying is this but what i'm seeing is this and where's the disconnect and once we break through kind of that that tough exterior and they do start seeing change, like not only in the way they work, but you know, how they're treating their families or how well-being and like things like boundaries or just a simple tweak in a schedule or like time management approach can really change your whole day, your whole perspective. It becomes a little bit easier, I yeah. think, to kind of break that barrier. Yeah, I think it's, it's just so good to have somebody on the in or on the outside looking in from a different perspective. And I don't think you can ever outgrow that your own yeah. leadership, your own, whatever, because you're only seeing through the eyes of your own lens. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your different coaching. We talked about coming in and coaching teams. So you have a, a team coaching like system. Is this something that be done uh, only local or can it be done remote? Uh, at combination, I also travel. So I have another workshop coming up in like three weeks or so. So I can do, I do in-person workshops with people, uh, with the leadership coaching. That's typically a few times a month with the team. So that those are done virtually. Um, it this really depends on the business needs. Mm -hmm. With some of them, I do employee well-being check-ins. Those are like once a quarter with each person on the team. These are like small businesses, like 15 yeah. to 20 people. Um, whether it's like whole being things, sometimes I provide just drop in office hours for people. So the business side of things is really tailored to what the business needs are at that time. As far as one on one coaching for individuals, that's all done remotely. And it, it can be a variety of things. I typically do six or 12 session packages. Um, 
I have a course uh, coming up here soon, going to be launching in June. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. So I'm working with a curriculum designer on that. So I'm excited about providing, I have course content already, but Mm -hmm. I really wanted someone that has that that oh, expertise got, that I don't have. You got a coach? Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have several. Uh, so I'm excited about that. And it's my hope that, you know, after running that with a group co- um, component for a little bit, that I can package that and sell it to companies as well. So they wouldn't need necessarily the one-on-one. Right. Yeah. I love your vision for your business. I mean, especially when you talk about the different elements, you know, that you were talking about getting Chris and your husband involved on the, the financial, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows if that'll happen and uh, yeah. tread, tread lightly, have fun there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really, I like even talking to you, even though, you know, my business is, it's only a year and a half old and, you know, it's grown really fast and it's all remote. There's all these places like, oh, I wonder like from that perspective, what it would look like, because from my perspective, everything looks dandy. Right. So um, it, it's, this has been really, really good. Uh, what else do we need to know about Kelsey Warren? About me? I don't really know. I would just say, you know, especially in the online space of business ownership, it's just, it's really, really a hard thing to navigate, you know, like even just personally, you know, showing up to work and being at your computer when no one's telling you to do that. And mm-hmm. we talked about the mind management and just, showing up online is a hard thing for a lot of people they either don't want to they're afraid you know like reels and TikToks and stories and stuff it's really hard for people to to navigate and i think i am one of the quietest people person i'm one of the quietest people per people person i can't even talk i think it sounds good either way (laughs) people (laughs) i'm one of the quietest people person i can't even say it yeah people it's people i swear to you it's people People. okay that you would ever meet. And I, I have allowed myself to just put myself, I don't care anymore. Right. Like I just, and it's, it's being from the same town. I feel like you can, it's like, okay, you kind of always wonder who's checking in on you, what they're doing, but it's, it's uh that that's a hard thing to overcome but i think once you do that and just let go of it and like, even you, I, you know, for a long time, I followed you as well. And it's always like, you know, like you don't really know what someone's doing until you actually are in that space and can connect and now it makes so much more sense to me what you're doing now that i'm in this space but i think a lot of people will just really be questioning it or try to encourage you to just pick the safe route and sometimes and that's not always what you need to be doing so i don't know don't you think the safe route is for other people's comfort because they, they they know how to paint you they know how to like oh, Kelsey's okay because she's doing this and I understand mm-hmm. how that works. I mean, I've dealt with that within family. Like yeah. they're like, what do you do? And like teaching is really good. Or when you own that business, it would, you know, they understood it. There was a, there was a building. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's really good because there's a building. I'm like, well, actually that's a liability, but okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's so difficult. And one thing that I actually would say about you because I follow a ton of coaches and a lot of small business owners is I know exactly what you're doing. And so that, I think that's a compliment to the time that you're spending and the introspection and the studying and that analytical side, because your message is very clear to me. It's, that's what, of course, I'm watching it pretty carefully. Um, I love the, the small town connection, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we come from a small town. This is not, 
this is <laughs> this is rural. Um, mm -hmm. So of course I have a, a little added interest and then the the, the commonality with uh, another business in the past, but. Um, and your husband as, as a student in a small school that I taught at, but it, it is that getting that messaging to where people really understand what you're doing. Of course, you're still, even when I, at the points where I've been making the absolute mon most money is when people are like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you're yeah. Getting yeah. And it's like, it's a quick, like, you know, phone calls during the day are like, oh, you're not on any calls. Like, yeah, but the one call I had on Monday, like took care of the whole week as far as income is concerned. It's just, it's a mind blowing thing. My biggest contract with the business came from a TikTok video that had 200 views. Yeah. Oh, that's a really, <laughs> like, we could talk an hour what? about that. Yeah. Like, I mean, you've had some massive views on, on TikTok as far as I know. And then you go and you're, you know, your reels. And <laughs> I was kind of like, at one point you had that viral thing. So I went and looked at all, I'm like, Oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was wild. That was, that's a whole nother, like I said, yeah. I was it, drained from that. Every time I picked up my phone, there was hundreds of notifications and it was very, it, my like a, adrenaline, like was just shot by the end. Of, it was like a two week situation you know, got several clients from it, which was amazing. But the, the hangover after that and just thinking, okay, well, I'm never going to have success again until this happens again, which it hasn't, but my business has still grown. Well, so. I, I really like, and we could go on another hour about this. I really like that you you talked about getting that client from a, from one that had 200 views, because I think people need to hear that. And that's something that I talk to our clients about is like, just because the stuff you're putting out doesn't have a lot of interaction doesn't mean that that's not that little needle it's pushing them in your direction because that really is what it is right yeah like they may be looking at your website they're looking at other person's website they're looking at you here they're looking at you here and then they make that connection yeah. and not only that like i've had i've been putting out content in my men's group like crazy and men are funny i'll get a couple comments and a few you know a few likes there's 4,000 men in the group and you're like, do I have like four people interacting? But the messages, the messages <laughs> offline, you don't know how much this means to me and how, yeah. and I had a wife stop me when I went to LA a couple of weeks ago and she's like, you have changed our lives. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> you're, yeah. Like, she's like, oh, my husband talks about your stuff all the time. And I'm like, dude, start, start saying something. Yeah. But, that's, yeah. but it's such a good point that you make is like that consistency and being authentic and really you, I want to, I want to lift you up. Your con your your content is very clear and it speaks to people no matter, you know, probably no matter where they're at, because there's something about it that I think a lot of people feel, except for those people who are stuck inside their own misery in their own little box. <laughs> and we don't Thank care you. about them until they're yeah. until they uh, realize that they're miserable and ready to move yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. So how do people find you? Because I obviously have, but how do people find yes. you? Yes. So I am the seamless coach on all things, essentially. So Facebook, Instagram is primarily where I hang out. I'm on stories a lot. Um, TikTok, I'm trying to dabble in. I'm still like trying to figure out like, you know, what works on Instagram doesn't work on TikTok. I'm also on Pinterest, LinkedIn. My website's theseamlesscoach.com. So I made it easy uh, for people there. You can email me at info at theseamlesscoach if you want to learn more. That's that's, awesome. that's where you can find me. Podcast uh, in the works coming Yay. soon. As soon as I, I get up the courage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very passionate about that. And, uh, 
yeah, I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> Maybe poking you with a big online stick. Yes. Uh, yeah. So Kelsey, it was an absolute honor to catch up with you. I love what you're doing. I think I said that 45 times, but I absolutely love what you're doing. It is so needed. And listeners, if you have a business, I honestly think you should just need to go search, search, search out Kelsey and shoot her a message overwhelm her <laughs> but no shoot her a message and talk to her and find out if it's a good fit because you know I'm, I'm looking at this going you know there's going to be a time when it's right and um, and I think it's really important workplace health is incredibly important team member health is incredibly important people understanding their workplace values that's a whole new mind blow for me thinking about some of the things that we've been up against and I'm like oh yeah I, I need to understand that better so thank you very much Hey guys, if you enjoyed this episode or any of these episodes, give us a five-star rating. If you didn't give us a one-star rating, I don't care. Just be <laughs> honest, subscribe. And uh, like, that's what, that's what you can do to help our guests and this podcast get more notoriety. That's the one thing that matters. So do it and be honest and, uh, and let me know if you have a podcast, I'll listen and do the same. Have an amazing day. Thank you for listening to the Stories That Sell podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week.